everybody. Welcome to episode 22 of the Foundation First Fitness Show with Bob Ack Owen. Today, we are going to jump into a topic that I love discussing. It's been something I've been discussing for a very long time. Uh, I usually discuss this with a lot of the either interns that I deal with or athletes that I've dealt with, but I think this holds true for everybody, and I'm really shocked that it hasn't kind of like overflowed into the mainstream being kind of a, a you know, a foregone conclusion in the fitness world. And I also want to jump into some Q&A a little bit later on. There's something that I got asked this week that I really liked and I wanted to help get that answer today. And so we will jump into that a little bit later on, but let's start with that machine exercise topic. So machine exercises, um, there's nothing, it's, it's not that they're not good for you. I mean, some of them aren't, but it's not all of them. Now, I think the thing that really interests me the most with uh, with exercises uh, in regards to machine versus non-machine or free weights, body weights, stuff like that, is not because of the functionality of it or anything like that. It really comes down to the versatility of those exercises. I basically want to know that when I'm doing an exercise, I'm getting as much as I can out of it in that period of time. The reason I always say that is is very simple because it, it really comes down to the amount of time that I have access to the, you know, to that workout with that individual. If someone's coming to see me, I don't have 10 hours of the day to just fire off exercises and I don't see them seven days a week and they're not working out for 10 hours on those on each of those days. So you're very limited on time. You usually only get, I usually only get about an hour, maybe a little bit more with some of my clients, sometimes not even that. And then the most they can do throughout their week is probably about three to four days of exercises. And then they're really either exhausted or B, uh, they just don't have the time to do it. So you have to be very selective in the exercise choice. Well, I have to be very selective in the exercises. And so for you at home that are listening to this, whether you're at home, uh, at the gym, on your drive, uh, on your phone, wherever you are, if you are you know, just very, if you are physically active and it's something that you do and you are, if you, or if you haven't gone into the gym or wherever you are in that whole, in that whole realm, I would definitely tell you to really start thinking about how much you are getting from each of those exercises that you're doing. Is it providing enough value? Do you have enough time to get it in there? Is it, can you pull it out and not really worry about it? Now, this doesn't mean don't vary up your exercises. I'm not saying, you know, the step up is the best exercise. Sorry, I got to grab some water. The step up is the best exercise and you should only stick to that. What I'm saying is don't always think that it's, you know, if I can do a bunch of exercises once, let me do that. It's really uh, how many exercises are going to fit kind of that same I guess, criteria and how many of those can I do throughout my workout so I can maximize the amount of versatility in my workouts and not be stuck dealing with just one or two exercises. So those those things kind of, that kind of plays, that kind of goes hand in hand with the reasoning uh, for me not using weight uh, machine exercises. But at the same time, uh, I deal with a lot of athletes and because they're athletes, you know, many of these guys don't have a leg press machine that they're going to be able to drag out onto the field and fire off about 20 reps right before their, you know, right before their game, or they're not going to really be using that during their game. So I'm not getting any stability. Why would I still use it? So 
I, I really like to I really like to kind of bring up those topics with a lot of individuals because I think that it's something that you know so many of us kind of think about and we do but we don't really know why we're doing it or we don't really think about why we're doing them. So it really comes down to versatility uh, of that exercise and why I choose it. So in my workouts, I think it's been about I'd like to say I don't know maybe seven, eight years since I've really given a machine as an exercise or given a machine exercise in one of my programs. And I, you know, probably it's, I only did it probably around that first year. Uh, that's when I really just kind of trailed off and, you know, started kind of honing my skills of free weight exercises and being able to kind of like adjust because I think that one of the reasons why the two reasons the two there's probably two reasons why we give free uh, we give machines uh, a it's because it's too difficult for an individual to do a free weight exercise or a body weight exercise so we immediately resort to the machine or we're trying to exhaust the muscle so you're a bodybuilder but having said that if you're bodybuilding you know I don't really think you're worried about time because you know that you need time to be able to do bodybuilding. It's, it's, you know what I mean, right? Th those things kind of happen naturally. You can't be a bodybuilder without putting in the time in the gym. It's very hard to do it. It rarely ever happens. And it's, it's probably unlikely to happen. So when you do have that time and you do want to throw in, you know, machines, you're not really worried about, you know, you've done so much other stability work that you're not really worried about it. But in the, in another, on the other side of things, like I said, because it's so, because an individual or you yourself might not be able to handle a squat, you might think, hey, let me just get those, let me get a leg exercise in and get that leg press in. Realistically, I don't think that's the best option for you. And I, and I'll tell you why. I think there's a lot of, like I said before, it really comes down to me uh, wanting to hone my skills on free weights. There, there is a lot of var variants that you can do if you are stuck and can't really figure out how to do an exercise. So let's say, for example, you can't squat. If you can't squat, that's okay. What we want to do is we want to build up to it because it's such a fundamental movement that if we can't do it, just kind of sidestepping it the whole way is never gonna ha is never gonna help us get anywhere. At some point, it's gonna catch up to us, and we're gonna want to you know, figure that out because we're going to end up getting to a point where we're not going to be progressing anymore. And we're just going to be like, oh, forget this. I'm done working out because I, I can never do anything more. I can't, I don't feel like I'm getting any stronger, even though I can leg press, you know, whatever amount of weight. So you really need to be able to kind of step back and say, what are the pieces that are going to build me, uh, that are going to bring me to being able to do a squat? And so that's probably where I've spent most of my time in the last couple of years has really been trying to, you know, stretch my repertoire for each, you know, fundamental exercise. So like a push up, um, you know, a squat, bench press, all those lunges, whatever, whatever those exercises are, those kind of those benchmark exercises, the meat and potato exercises. I really like trying to figure out where, you know, where I can go. Uh, in terms of more difficult or much simpler exercises that are going to be leading up to that main that main benchmark or progressing from there and moving forward with it and I think if you're able to do that it's really it's really going to start opening some doors in terms of your your you know your workouts and your free weight exercises uh, and kind of your creativity in that in that regard and you're really not going to need much of the exercise equipment uh, in terms of 
you know, leg press, bench press machines, all these different machines. You're going to be able to kind of uh, weed those out pretty easily. Um, so I think let's. I think that's enough of that. I really want to jump into my next topic here. I'm just watching the time. I want to make sure that we're hitting. Uh, we're not overshooting the time here. I want to keep these things somewhat tight. I don't want to start flowing into 40 minute conversations about you know machine exercises. I think that was enough. Uh, so jumping into a quick Q and A here. Um, the question that I got asked by a good friend of mine who is a big time runner, loves not a big time runner. I say big time runner. He's probably, if he hears this, he's probably going to be like, that's right. He's not a big time runner. He runs a lot. I mean, he is very good, but he's not like a pro runner. Um, so he asked me, what was the best amount of time to be warming up and cooling down? Uh, and I think that's a really interesting, uh, question. And I, I, I know where that kind of comes in and I know where that that stems from that kind of thought or why that why that question kind of came about. Uh, And it really comes down to time allocation to doing that, you know, marathon running, uh, triathlons, those are very or just, you know, cycling. Those sports themselves are very time consuming. They're, it's really hard to train for them. Anybody that trains for a marathon will tell you that it's extremely hard to balance and juggle the amount of training with the rest of their lives. It's very much a commitment. Uh, you can't just kind of do it however you feel and just kind of, ah, I can do it sparingly. I don't really need to train that much because come competition day, it's going to hit you hard. So since you need that much um kind of attention to what you're doing and the amount of exercise that you're doing and the amount of work that you're putting into that to that marathon you know the the warmths and the cool downs generally take a backseat to all of that because you're trying to spend so much time trying to just run those you know those kilometers or that mileage or get that mileage in because if you, you know if that if you need to do 20 kilometer if you need to do a 20 kilometer run then it doesn't really matter how long it takes you you've got to do a 20 kilometer run now if it takes you you know an hour and a half and you're like oh man i barely have an hour and 45 minutes to get the rest done well then now you're trying to fight with that last 15 minutes to kind of either put it at the front end or the back end of your workout and try to figure out where that warm up and that rest is going to fit so if you think about um I'm going to kind of maybe throw a different approach uh, to that, to that, to an answer to that question. Um, I think the warm up is really important. Uh, the reason I think the warm up is really important is because it's really setting us up for the entire workout itself. So if you're not properly warmed up, if you know, you know, head back to that uh, how to structure a warm up or uh, foam rolling. I know I answered this in a previous Q and A. Uh, discussing the you know the ways to warm up and the ways to prepare for a run you're going to want to do your foam rolling you're going to want to do your mobility stuff so whether it be ankle mobility hip mobility um, thoracic spine mobility whatever it may be focusing on those mobility portions is going to be that mobility aspect as well as the foam rolling mobility and the activation activation being probably the most important really close pretty much right in line with that uh, foam rolling stuff because what it's going to be doing is lining you up for that run you know you're going to need to do that now how long is that going to take it really comes down to the amount of time you can allocate to it Uh, and I think the amount of time that needs to be put into it that kind of the answer really holds true for both sides Uh, warming up and cooling down it's it very much comes down to diminishing returns right 
So if you spend five minutes warming up and you spend five minutes cooling down, it's probably not going to be as good as, let's say, three times that amount of time, say a 15-minute warm-up and a 15-minute cool-down. But is a 15-minute warm-up, sorry, is a 45-minute warm-up and a 45-minute cool-down that much better than 15 and 15? Maybe not. Maybe that, maybe it's going to start, maybe those returns are going to start, you know, flat, flattening out probably around 20 to 30 minutes, um, given that you have to do foam rolling, given that you have to do, you know, uh, you have to do mobility, you have to do activations, especially on the front end and on the cool, on the cool down and on the back end of it, you're going to have to do some foam rolling, some stretching. Um, so again, you know, Putting all that into perspective, it really comes down to diminishing returns. You know, where are you going to be able to get the most bang for your buck? Now, everybody is different, but for the in you're basically going to want to hit for the majority of you who are listening, uh, the or watching, the majority of you are going to fall into that twenty to twenty five minute window. Let's say on the warm up, I'd say about twenty five minute on the wind on the on the warm up, maybe about twenty minutes on the cool down. Now, if you don't have that time, obviously shorten it down. But what I would tell you is make sure that you're not kind of uh, pulling one out completely and saying, all right, I have 20 minutes or 30 minutes to do uh, one of the two. So I'm going to lopsided it and put 25 minutes into my warm up, five minutes into my cool down. And the reason I say that is that your cool down is actually lining up for your previous, for your following run. So all the stuff and all the damage and all that wear that you just kind of piled up on your body, that's going to carry itself over into that next run and that next training session. So you want to make sure that you're constantly breaking that apart. If you're not doing that, it's just going to start piling up. And especially if you get to a point where, you know, you don't cool down, let's say yesterday you didn't cool down. Now today you might not have all that much time to warm up nor cool down. Well, now you are carrying yesterday's baggage into today and now you're struggling. So what I would tell you is try to even that out as much as you possibly can. Yes, favor the warmups just a little bit more. And it's simply, simply because you're going to need to do a little bit more activation on that side of things. So you might need to allocate about five to 10 minutes more to that warmup as opposed to that cool down. So I would say the going numbers are probably about 20 to 25 minutes, depending on how much you need to do in your warmups, but you can definitely get away with about 10 minutes. Now, again, if you're doing 10 minutes, it's got to be very well structured. It's got to flow, you know, repetition on the stuff and understanding the, the, the key areas of your body that are contributing to the majority of your performance and, uh, you know, I guess, prevention of injury or reduction in likelihood of injury, that's where you're going to want to pay more attention. So let's say I have, let's say I'm a runner and I have quad issues. Well, that's where I'm going to want to spend the majority of my time. I'm going to put my time into quads. And if I have time, I'll hit everything else. You know, if you have an hour and a half, which I think one of some time at some point in time in your week, you should spend time doing like a full body maintenance. If you are uh, doing that much cardio work, um, it uh, it really, really, really comes down to... Did I even mention that I was answering this question for marathoners? I think I did. I'd have to go back and listen to it. But this question was answered for marathoners. This is probably not as relevant for... Gym. Eh, you know what? Actually, no. It could probably... You know what? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think it goes into... I think it goes into just training, resistance training as well. Anyway, um, the... the, 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 the uh, what, was, what was I talking about? I completely lost my train of thought. Um, oh, yeah. 
So when you do spend that time working on an area that you do know that is your biggest problem, that's where you're going to want to spend your time in the warm up and the cool down. And what's going to happen is when you get a chance to do an hour and a half of what I think, you, like I said, I think that everyone should be doing is that hour and a half kind of entire body maintenance day. In that day, what you want to do is you really want to start searching for either areas that you don't really spend much time rolling. So you might want to try to really like find all the angles of the of the quad that might be feeling some of that uh, stress or might be feeling some damage, might be feeling some of that wear. You want to kind of like work around that area because you might end up finding a little spot that you didn't know really existed. So you're going to want to spend a little bit more time working out that area. And at the same thing, really try exploring some different ways to improve your mobility, something that's going to help you with your runs, right? So um I think that basically covers that question. So like I said, wrapping that little thing up, uh, make sure that you're spending somewhat of an equal amount of time on both ends uh, and you're not just kind of hitting one and then just forgetting the other because it's it's eventually going to catch up to you, especially if you let one slide. It's better to even them out. Make sure you cover both, both ends so that you're saving yourself for that next day that if you don't end up doing them, it's not going to be terrible or you're not going to be spending enough time on them. It's not going to be the end of the world and you're going to be able to make up for it on that third day or that third run. So... Thank you guys for listening to this episode. If you guys haven't subscribed yet, why not? It's right there. Click that button. You can see my little, I think it's white, my little white icon. Uh, it looks like that one right there. Hit that little white icon right in the bottom corner here or hit subscribe if you haven't already. Like, leave a comment. And if you guys are listening on the podcast, thank you very much. Hopefully you guys are off to a great start of your week. I think this is coming off on a Monday. Start of your week. And I will see you guys and talk to you guys on the next t- on the next episode. And until then, make sure you keep building that foundation. For more fitness tips, tricks, and ideas, follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Bobak Owen. That's B-A-B-A-K-O-W-E-N. Music for the Foundation First Fitness Show provided by Beware of Darkness. You can find them on Spotify and iTunes.